We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. I'm here. Tommy is here today. Apologies for getting the show out later yesterday. We'll get the show out a little bit earlier today. Um, I did want to wait for Ron Rivera, Carson Wentz, and uh, Taylor Heineke to speak yesterday to include that uh, into the show. And then um, we had some difficulty with some mic issues in getting the show out. So we are all set today and we're back on our uh, somewhat normal schedule. Um, and Tommy, by the way, is here for just a few more days before he makes his annual January trek down to Florida, uh, down to Destin, Florida. And so this will be a, a drive down there, right? Do you have uh, do you have some of those you know side trips planned out? You know, museums, monuments, etc. No, no. Last year that was unusual. On the way back. From Destin, we conducted Lavero Southern Soul Tour through uh, <laughs> Muscle Shoals right. and Memphis and Nashville and Louisville, which was a great trip. And I'll have to show you sometime because uh, for my birthday, uh, my wife put together a photo book. You know, you can have these photo books made now. You send away your photos and they actually make a book. Yeah, right. Uh, of, of the trip. I'll have to bring it in and show it to you sometime because it's really cool. So you're not planning uh, anything no, this, this time? Is, no. This is just, we drive to Chattanooga, stay overnight, and then we're, I'm usually at Pompano Joe's overlooking the Gulf by 2 o'clock the next on New Year's Day. And why not another, you know, side trip somewhere, either going down or coming back? Uh, well, my wife is not a big fan of the road trip uh, concept. <laughs> she wants to okay. just get there. Does she give you a hard yeah. time for driving instead of flying? No, 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 no. We we want our car down there. Okay. Uh, and we don't mind the drive. And and she was a good sport last year. It was like a baseball road trip. We went to four different cities. Right. You know. But uh, and we've got a road trip planned for this coming year. Uh, but as a separate standalone of the California uh, Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, well, that, well that's a beauty. That is a beauty. Yeah, yeah I've you, never done that. Yeah, that, nope. that you, you guys will enjoy that. How long, so from, I'm going to guess from your home in Frederick to, to Chattanooga is seven hours. Is no, that, nine hours. Nine hours there. Okay, now I make it to yeah. Nashville in like seven and a half. So I guess I'm just flying, or maybe Chattanooga's further away. I don't know. And then look, so- and I've seen the way I've seen the way you drive. <laughs> uh, you're lucky you have a license. Do you still have a license, by I the do, way? I do have a license. And then, um, <laughs> so then it's another what six or seven hours to Destin from there. Six hours. Okay. Six hours to Destin. And people don't realize how far west it is. We're in the Central Time Zone when I'm down there. Well, you're in the Panhandle. Yeah. Where does it's pretty that, far west. Where does that... Florida s- is such an enormous state. <laughs> Did you just figure I that mean, out? Well, I don't think most people realize it. No, I've, I've, I went to school in Florida. I know it was an well, enormous you went to, state. It's kind of. But, you went to school in Miami. Right. But if you drove for we are all the way to Key West, 
that's like 11, 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Well, you've in got, the same state. you got to get on that Route 10 and take it all the way through, you know, uh, Tallahassee, the state capital, and, you know, and then, yeah. oh, it's a long way. Look, I, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but my best friend or one of my best friends growing up um, was, uh, went to Villanova, was a, uh, went into the Marine Corps um, as an officer, went to flight school and was in Pensacola for a few years. So uh, several of us made several trips down to Pensacola to visit him. Now, the best part, Pensacola was actually a lot of fun. Um, but the best part about being in Pensacola is you were just a few hours away from New Orleans. So you would just get, yes. you know, on Route 10 and take that, you know, through the state of Mississippi into New Orleans. So um, we were always, for whatever reason, I think we went to Mardi Gras. I've only been to Mardi Gras once. I passed on the other trip that a lot of my friends went to. Um, and by the way, the, the trip that I went to, I'll, I'll never forget being at Mardi Gras and being I was so sick, Tommy. I had fever, strep throat, bronchitis, the whole thing. But it was Mardi Gras in New Orleans. And, you know, my friend group was like, you know, man up. You know, you're going to be fine. Just, you know, keep drinking and everything will be fine. I, I, I guess, I, you know, at 20 years old or 21 years old, you're just fortunate to, to have to be able to bounce through things like that. But um, I love yeah. that. I love that West Coast panhandle of Florida. It's a great spot and your spot really in Destin is. is real is very pretty. And is probably yeah, what, an hour away from Pensacola? Something like that? Yeah. About an hour away. Yeah. An hour away from Panama Panama Beach and an hour away from uh Pensacola. And we, we spent a day at Pensacola last year. Uh, took in the sights there, and it's a nice town. I think I told you this. There was this bar that my buddy and all of his Marine buddies, you know, hung out at. And so whenever we were down there, this is where we always went. And I, I'll never forget the bar. It was called Flounders. And it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And we had several, several nights there that were f uh, fun. But that's about the only place in Pensacola that I could name was Flounders. I have no idea if it's still there. If anybody knows anything about Pensacola, tell me if Flounders is still there. But I wanted to... I thought I told you when you were there last year, or maybe the year before, to go there. Do you remember me telling you that or not? Probably not. No, I don't. You, yeah, you know. I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a big. Yeah, it's a big military town. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, some kind of big Air Force base there. And well, yeah, he was in flight. He was in. He was in well, flight school there. That's why he was there. Okay. Well, yeah. well there's always fighter jets flying yeah. over our building. Yes. And stuff. That's really cool. I really like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was there, uh, and then ultimately in Beeville, Texas, uh, was the next stop after that. Um, but anyway, um, enough of that. So we have a decision at quarterback. The team tweeted it out. Here's something I can't figure out, and I'm wondering if you even know the answer to this. Um, I, I saw this very early this morning. I saw that Ian Rappaport tweeted out, Washington has chosen to move forward with um, with Carson Wentz at quarterback. It was very much like an Ian Rappaport, you know, breaking news item. Um, and I and it just said that early this morning, it just said that it was 19 hours earlier. You know, it didn't have the exact time of the tweet. Uh, did it happen before the team announced it or not? Or do you not know? I do not know. Okay. I think I'm assuming it happened before the team announced it, but I don't know. I don't. I'm not assuming that necessarily. Um, I think that the team broke the announcement on Twitter uh, at 8:03 a.m. So I'd have to find out exactly what time Rappaport's tweet was. But whatever, it's not important. That's inside baseball stuff. But the only reason I bring it up is because I said to you the other day, don't be surprised. You know, after Ron yes. said he's holding off, if Ian Rappaport breaks it, you know, later in the day. Well, that didn't happen. Well, that that was a, I know, but it was still, a, it was a reasonable expectation. It was yeah. a good guess. 
Um, you know, Ron Rivera does have uh, a very close relation, relationship with Josina Anderson, who covered the league um, for many years. And she was the one that tweeted out shortly after the team announcement yesterday that uh, Carson Wentz is going to play the final two games unless um, the final game is meaningless and then Sam Howe would play. Uh, I actually, I think I mentioned this on, on yesterday's podcast. There's a chance that the final game could be meaningless in a positive way and a negative way. Positive meaning they've already clinched the playoffs. That could happen if they beat the Browns and Seattle, Green Bay, and Detroit all lose. And it could also be meaningless because they've been eliminated from the postseason if they lose to the Browns and Green Bay and Detroit both win. Um, I would imagine that if they clinch a playoff berth and the Dallas game means nothing to them that they're actually going to play Carson Wentz in that final game anyway to get him more yeah, work with I the think starters. They should. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, he needs the he needs the time out there on the field. However, living at that time will wind up being if he survives that long, he'll need it. Yeah. Um your position. So, uh I said it yesterday on the podcast, um I kind of understand it. Uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, my expectations are not wildly high that it's going to produce a lot more. I think there will be moments against the Browns when we're watching that it's obvious that they made the right decision. And then I think there it's very possible there are moments where we say it wouldn't have been any different had Taylor Heineke started the final game. I do not agree with you at all that they owe Taylor something uh, at all. Um, I don't agree with that mindset. The idea here is to put your best team out there that gives you the best chance to win these games so that you can get into the postseason. Um, and they believe it's Carson Wentz. I don't know that I totally agree with them. I'm fine with the move, but again, my expectations on it being wildly different uh, are low. Um, I think they should stick with the same you know, formula. You, you, so uh, you, you, put, know. you put two scenarios out there. You didn't put the third scenario out there. What's that? That it's much worse than it was with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, that, you didn't put that out there. No, I don't think it will be. Um, I, it could be. Again, my, when I say my expectations are that it's not going to be you know, wildly better, um, I don't think my expectations are very high that it's going to be wildly worse. Uh, but okay. I, I, I really, Tommy, the truth is I don't know what to expect. There's clearly a physical upgrade in Wentz. And let me also just say, um, and Kime uh, told me this this morning as well, but I learned this yesterday. I think while it was a relevant conversation during the 5-1-1 one one run to believe that maybe Ron could lose the locker room or however you want to describe that, that the, the leaders on the team and the team were very happy with Taylor Heineke starting and that it would have been a bad move to go to Wentz, even though Wentz was not even an option until the second Giant game. Let me just make that clear. Wentz was not an option until the Giant game Sunday night in Landover on December 17th or whatever date that was, December 18th. Um, it's different now. The team understands it, and the team is fine with the move. That's what I was told. Kime was told the same thing. So I don't think that the issue of Ron, you know, having to go against locker room sentiment right now is an issue at all. You're probably right. I believe that. I mean, uh, you know, there there was enough of a, a, a there was enough of a setback. Uh, in the games where Heineke played, that it would probably diminish any kind of furor that Taylor Heineke supporters might have in the locker room. They love Taylor, you know, and ultimately, ultimately, they love him not in a uh, condescending these, way, these players, but they do like they like him a lot. These players want to get paid, and they want it. They want to get catches, and they want to win. And ultimately, that that's the bottom line. All right. So, what are you expecting? See, what I think, what what I are think you expecting Sunday? Taylor, what, I'm, what am I expecting? That's kind of hard to say. I'm like you in the sense I don't really know what to expect, except I keep having a vision of Carson Wentz on the ground, and I'm not wishing this. Yes, you are. Okay. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm not wishing somebody to get hurt. I didn't say get hurt. You're wishing that he gets sacked seven times, so you can say I told you so. 
Well, I don't think he'll survive seven sacks. Okay. Well, See, I, I, I think he'll wind up having to be taken out of the game uh, <laughs> because he's not going to hold up. Mm-hmm. So is that your expectation? Okay, so, yes, that's my expectation. Okay, so you do have an expectation for Sunday. You're not like me. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I tell you why. It's like my long shot. My long shot on Tuesday I said that Taylor Heineke will be back under center before the end of the season again. So this is my long shot expectation. Did you describe that as a long shot on Tuesday? Yes, I did. Okay. So the long shot is that Taylor Heineke is going to be back in because Carson Wentz can't hold up against the pressure, and it's worse. Yes. That's the long shot. Yes. What's your best yes. odds shot? Uh, Carson Wentz throws two interceptions, gets sacked five times, and uh, they lose to the Browns. That sounds kind of like your long shot. No. No. In my long shot, he doesn't get a chance to play that poorly. He doesn't survive long enough to play that poorly. Okay. But but both both your best odds shot and your long shot include Carson Wentz playing very poorly. Yes. Okay. So you do your expectations are that Carson Wentz is going to play poorly. The long shot portion of that expectation is that he gets benched for Taylor Heineke at some point during the Browns game. And not necessarily bench for performance, just can't play anymore. Can't play anymore. Um, My long shot is that he comes in and plays like he did actually in the next-to-last game against Tennessee, which was, I think, his best game. Um, It wasn't the Chicago game. He was hurt going into the Chicago game, and then he got hurt worse by breaking his finger midway through the Chicago game. But the Titans game was probably his best game of the year until the very end where he, you know, went 25 before the final two throws. He was 25 of 36 for 359 yards, two touchdowns and no picks before those final two throws, um, including a 75 yard throw, a 34 yard throw, a 39 yard throw, a 32 yard throw, a 20 yard throw. They were very explosive on that day against Tennessee with not much of a run game, although they did try um, in Brian Robinson Jr.'s first action. He had nine carries for 22 yards in that game, but they were not yet, you know, dedicated to kind of a run first. Uh, My long shot is that he ends up with a game like that, a wow game. Because the truth is, until the very end, it was kind of a wow game from him. And by the way, on that final drive, which was 18 plays, 87 yards, down 17 to 14, taking over with four and a half minutes to go in the game, he completed some big-time throws uh, until the end when he threw an interception. And by the way, I'll remind everybody... He th- he nearly threw an interception on the play before the interception. Yes, yes so, he did. It's, it's like you knew that interception <laughs> was coming. Basically, the way he was he was performing down there near the goal line, and as the kids like to say, ultimately in almost every situation, Carson Wentz will Carson Wentz. Is that what the kids That's say? That's what he'll do. That's what the kids That's say. That's what the kids say. Carson Wentz yeah. will will Carson Wentz. So my long yeah. shot. Um, odds are that Carson Wentz comes out and starts slinging it around the park and has a big-time game um, that doesn't end with an interception but ends with a 35-14 to route of a Cleveland team that should be a nice, as Michael Phillips described it, soft landing, uh, you know, uh, reinsertion into the lineup game. Cleveland's not very good. Wait a minute. You, you told me. You told me their defense has been playing better. It has been playing better, but it has struggled to stop the run. And they have nothing to play for now. You know, last week against the Saints, they were still playing with playoff contention. Um, now they've been eliminated. Um, and Deshaun Watson hasn't been great. Again, I think I said this yesterday, maybe not to you, but Mary Kay Cabot, who I had on from Cleveland on the radio show yesterday, did say that Watson keeps getting better game by game. Tommy, I could easily and see them losing he, this game. I mean, let me be clear he, on that. The, the quarterback, the 
quarterback has something to play for. Yes, the Browns he, may not. You're right. But the quarterback certainly does. No doubt. Kevin Stefanski is coaching this game with probably something to coach for, although apparently he's not in much trouble because Deshaun Watson's only started four games, and they'd like to see him you know, with a full season uh, with Kevin Stefanski. But they still have Nick Chubb. He's one of the two or three, four best running backs in the game. They've got Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and Denzel Ward, um, but they've given a lot, a lot on the ground. My long shot, again, my long shot is that Wentz comes out and offensively they put up 30-plus in route Cleveland. My best odds are that they look like they've looked with Taylor Heineke against a team that is much easier than the 49ers, all right, uh, to, to run the ball against, that they're able to run the ball and get themselves into one of these coin flip games that they were in, starting back with the Packers game when Taylor took over. Every single one of those games, with the exception of Houston, was winnable, and every single one of those games, with the exception of Houston and San Francisco, let me add that game into there, um, was losable, uh, and they were winnable. I mean, it, they were all coin flip games. If Deron Payne doesn't get a the fingertip... Eagles game wasn't... Co- the Eagles game wasn't a coin flip. Of course it was. What are you talking about? I mean, if not for the 15-yard the fumble on the 15-yard face mask, Philadelphia is you know, driving. Philadelphia had big plays. It was the turnovers that cost Philadelphia. They were in scoring position know, multiple turnovers. times. Yeah. It was a, definitely a coin flip game. You didn't, think, you didn't think that that was a tight ball game? I didn't think it was a coin flip game. That's different than a tight ball game. Uh, I, well, okay. Coin, a coin flip game, with, with, to me, would mean uh, like the end of drive, the last two minutes are going to decide the game. Well, they did in this particular game. Well, they did in this particular game. Washington, okay. Washington drew a penalty on Brandon Graham 15 yards with two minutes to go, or Philadelphia gets the ball back down five. Philadelphia had the ball back before, and we had the, uh, the, the missed face mask in the fumble. As they, you know, it, they, they had the ball multi, down 23-21 in the fourth quarter and had the 50-yard pass, but then the fumble after the guy got up and kept running. Who was that? I forget who that was. Right. wasn't A.J. Brown. Yeah, I think it was a coin flip game. Um, I think they all were, with the exception of the Houston game and the San Francisco game. And the San Francisco game, the truth is, at 21-14, late in the third quarter, it was still a game within reach. Although in watching it, I never felt like they were going to beat the 49ers. Just like in watching them against the Eagles, I thought they had a chance, but I thought up until the very end, the Eagles would still pull it out. Um but I think that that's my best odds, is that we're going to see a game similar to these games that have been played um, pretty much all year. They're going to be a run first. They're going to control the ball. They're going to score. Maybe there's a big play in there or a red zone touchdown pass that we didn't get from Taylor. But I think there will probably be a turnover on a sack fumble. There will probably be an inaccurate throw that gets picked off one of those two. And Washington will pull out a coin flip 20 to 17 type of game, 24 to 23 kind of a game. That's my best odds. My, my, where I'm, where I think it's the super, super long shot is that they look a lot worse on offense than they've looked. That's my super, super long shot. Okay. Yeah. Why did you say it laughingly and condescendingly? Why do you always do that? Okay. (laughs) So condescendingly. That's my super long shot. Long shot isn't, isn't, you you think that the, the notion that that could happen is so absurd? You have to make it a super super long shot. Right. It can't just be a long shot. Well, I, because I already gave you my long shot, so I had to. I uh-huh. had uh, the, the 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 most likely is another coin flip game. The least likely is that Carson Wentz lights it up, or the the the, the next less. Likely, <laughs> there are two least likelies. All right, the the least likely number one is Carson Wentz lights it up, and the least likely number two, which is a longer shot, is that they're horrible on offense, much worse than they've been. That's what I got. You got anything else to add? Well, well, you're right in the sense that they'll be able to run the ball. They should be able to. Yeah, 
I mean, they should be able to run the ball. Other teams recently have been able to run the ball against them. Uh, and Washington has been able to run the ball against teams that don't even give up a lot against the run because, you know, Brian Robinson Jr. gets three yards, turns a two-yard run into a five-yard run uh, often. Yeah. Now, they didn't run it well against the 49ers. Man, still can't get over how impressive the 49ers are on defense. They are really impressive on defense. Um, What else? about Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke. Here's a question for you. You you scoffed and you laughed very condescendingly the other day when I said that Carson Wentz has a chance, an opportunity in these final two games um, to basically be here next year. I didn't say that he would do it, but I said the opportunity exists for him to play very well, for them to win, for them to get into the postseason, have maybe a competitive loss or who knows, a shocking win and end up being the guy, depending on, let's put the ownership situation to the side and just say the Martins, the Marty and the Martin and the Rons are going to make decisions and they're going to be able to make the decisions they want early in the off season. And I think the opportunity exists for Carson Wentz to be the guy at the end of the season that they view as number one for 2023. I'm not predicting it'll happen. I just think that he's got that opportunity to prove it to them. You dis- you disagree, right? You think that ship has sailed. Well, no, but no, be- no, because you already took the ownership out of it. I say a new owner is never going to put up with Carson Wentz being his quarterback next year. That's just not going to happen. Okay. So, so take the owner take out of it. the ownership situation out of it. Yeah. Uh, you have to factor in the account that if we believe that the front office and the coach were solely behind the decision and, and the move to bring Carson Wentz here, if we believe that, and that's a big if, then coaches and general managers like to be proven right. So, yeah, I could see a scenario where if he doesn't shit the bed here at the end, that these guys who say, you see, yeah, we were right. We're going to show you we were right. We're going to keep them. That, that's, that's what coaches and GMs do. Absolutely. Do you think it's a big if, since Carson Wentz is now back in, do you think that idea that this was an owner decision on Carson Wentz, that the fact that he's back in the lineup right now kind of proves that maybe it was Ron and Martin and Marty and anybody and okay. everybody else or not? Let me or ask you, you a question. Or do you think that Dan's what's, still pulling the strings? The, what's the back of the baseball card tell you? Well, the, the problem is, is that the back of the baseball card might now have a different team. Like the guy on the baseball card is moving on to another team. So do you think he's still no, engaged? We don't know that. That's what we what do you know? What do you know? I know What's the information okay. you have in front of me. Hold on, let me flip it over. Let me flip, let me flip it over. Here it is. Okay. Um 2001 fired Marty Schottenheimer after he won 8 of his final 11 games. Hired Steve Spurrier. 2008 decided to float out Jim Fossil to the public. Bad response. But that's, that's they elevated you don't even Jim have to Zorn. Do that. 2012, just, just the, Robert Griffin the, the III relationship. Okay. Uh, just, just I know the what the I know what the back of the baseball card says. So that's what I'm. That's what I would go okay. by. Okay. I wouldn't project as to what these guys might thinking. I would rely on what has happened. Here's what I would. And s- your track record tells you mm-hmm. that yeah, this was an owner decision, and until proven otherwise. Your Honor, that's the demo. <laughs> yeah. Well, Counselor, I would just suggest to you that if this really wasn't a Ron Rivera and other people involved in liking Carson Wentz and feeling desperation, and because all they talked about was quarterback when the season started, and they couldn't come away with no quarterback in the off season, I just think that they would have stuck with Taylor if they really thought that Carson Wentz was, you know, that was the owner, he was wrong, it was proven in the first six games, Uh, you know, the guy that was his backup, we were looking for somebody to to replace the backup, but we're going to stick with him. Put it this way, if Carson Wentz didn't start this week, 
that would have definitely told you what everybody thought about Carson Wentz. And there would have been no chance that he would have been back next year. Um, so that opportunity, uh, assuming ownership is, is kind of out of it for the time being, because, you know, practically speaking, Tommy, this thing won't happen until March or April, right? Right. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be hard yeah. to, unless they've got, you know, Sean Payton and Vic Fangio and, and Tom Brady standing by right now saying, don't worry, we're getting the team. It's just going to take a couple of months. Don't commit to anybody. And we'll make the swap in, in you know, right before the draft. You know, start studying up on the draft. I, I don't know. Is that possible that it's happening that way? I don't think so. Because how can they be assured know. that they're going to get the I've team? Never, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, you know what? I think it's possible. I think each ownership group, maybe the most – maybe each ownership contender probably has a, a team in mind that they have either spoken to or researched uh, in, in their mind, ready to go. But that's what usually happens. All right. I have one other question for you. I think it's just one more. I might come up with another one. What do you think the future for Taylor Heineke is? As a backup quarterback in the league. For whom? I don't know. Let's I don't a- think it's here. Let's assume that Ron and the Martys and the Martins all have decision-making ability. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent when the league calendar starts. What do you think they'll do? Do you think they'll they'll try to re-sign him to be the backup quarterback here next year? No. Why? I don't think so. Why? Because they, they have Sam Howe. Hmm. The guy they drafted. What if Carson Wentz completely, you know, soils himself in these final two games, or or let's just say he plays just mediocre and they lose one of them and they don't make the postseason? Then I think that the chances increase that they offer Taylor, but I don't think Taylor, I, I think Taylor will leave. I think he'll get a better offer to be a backup somewhere else. Yeah, I actually think the odds are in favor of him re-signing here as a backup quarterback for, I don't know, three, four million a year, something like that, something in the Colt McCoy, Gardner Minshew range. Especially if it's, you know, we're talking about the coaching staff returning. And then I think Washington, I think the odds are that they'll re-sign him and then they'll try to draft somebody. I guess, you know, Derek Carr's now entered into the mix. Jimmy Garoppolo will be yeah. in the mix, and they liked Garoppolo you more know, than really, once which last really, year. Which we've talked about, I think, before, and I think we agree on this. That would have been the best path for them to do this year. Which one? The where they don't trade for Carson Wentz, they draft a quarterback uh, in the first round yeah. who's available, and then they they use him to break him in slowly while they're playing Taylor Heineke at the beginning of the season. I think my view was slightly different. I think that you and I both felt like the biggest bang of off-season bang would have been drafting a quarterback. I think I suggested finding a lower-priced veteran, whether it was Mariota or Trubisky or somebody like that, to come in and start until the young guy was ready. And not to start Same philosophy, though. Same philosophy. But same philosophy. That's right. Yes. And I actually, I don't know if I've said this before, but watching Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, I actually think that Washington should have taken Kenny Pickett in the first round. Yeah. Although Jahan Dotson I would say, is really, really good. Um, I know, I know. But they have no shortage of weapons right now with a healthy Curtis Samuel. Right. Uh, you know, Washington's going to end up, depending on what happens in these final two weeks in their playoff positioning, they're going to end up somewhere in that, you know, 15 to 20 range um, in terms of uh, a picks. And that's, you know, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks available in the first round, and a lot of them are going to go before the you know top half of the draft is over in 2023. Um, let's talk about some of the others when we come back, including the incredible story out of Vegas with Derek Carr. We'll get to that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Tommy, tell us about your favorite spot and a great spot downtown Shelly's back room. Well, uh, as you know, uh, as we've talked about, I'm about to head down to Florida, and uh, people ask me, well, are you looking forward to it? And I always say, yeah, I am, except I can't get to Shelly's from Destin, Florida. I can't just drive down to Shelly's and, and have you know some, great, some of those great chicken tenders they have or a great burger and have a smoke with my friends. So I'm, I really do miss that. I, I guarantee you, there's no place uh, down in Florida within any distance of where I am that that comes close to Shelley's. There's very few places, I'll bet you, around the country that are as good as Shelley's when it comes to a cigar lounge. I mean, they're, they're cer- I, I'm sure they're one of the top cigar bars in the country, that's, and that's a well-deserved yeah, that's reputation. True. That's true, by the way. It's not just because they're a sponsor of this show, but everybody, when they come into D.C., they know, if they're a cigar smoker, they know Shelley's, and they go to Shelley's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's what they do. And, you know, it's funny because I meet a lot of people in there who are tourists or who are businessmen who come to town, you know, and they they come to Shelley's, and I have conversations with them. Uh, met a couple the other a uh, uh, couple weeks ago from Ohio that were in there, and they loved it. And they said next time they come to Washington, they can't wait to come back to Shelley's. It's that kind of place. It's very inviting. It's very comfortable, and it's the place to be. Shelley's back room. 1331 F Street Northwest. And right there, 13th and F, a uh, great spot uh, in town. All right, um, let's get to some uh, of the stories from yesterday, uh, starting with Derek Carr not only being benched, uh, but being demoted to third string by Josh McDaniels. They're going to start Jarrett Stidham. Stidham was with Josh McDaniels in New England. They drafted him uh, out of Auburn. Uh, He's going to get the start. By the way, just so everybody understands, the Raiders are not mathematically eliminated from the postseason. It's a long shot at 6-9 and that they can get in, Um, but if they were to win their final two games, or certainly if they were to win this week, there's a chance they could go into the final week 
um, with a chance at the final playoff spot. But they are benching Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is done um, in in Vegas. Uh, and and by the way, one hell of a career. I, I I've never been a huge Derek Carr guy. Cooley was on Derek Carr when he was at Fresno. He said, this guy's going to be drafted high. He's going to be a longtime NFL quarterback. When he was drafted in the second round, Cooley thought people should have taken him in the first round. And, you know, since 2014, 35,000 yards, 217 touchdowns, 99 picks on some teams that were pretty bad around him uh, for the most part. Uh, Last year, they got to the postseason, had a chance on the final drive to tie Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati would go on to win that game and went on to the Super Bowl. Uh, to represent the AFC. Um, He's been a fixture in Oakland and Vegas uh, and has always been a great guy and a great teammate and a great leader. I mean, people have said that a lot about him. He's also thrown a lot of picks. He's he's been sacked a lot. Uh, I've never put him in the uh, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins conversation. Uh, I just haven't. Uh, But I've always felt like he's, you know, a top half of the league guy. And so now, you know, you throw in with Garoppolo, you throw in with potentially Brady if he comes back for another year. Who knows what will happen with Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, but Derek Carr is now, you know, one of those quarterbacks that will be sought after in this offseason. CBSSports.com's Cody Benjamin wrote that the top contenders are Tampa Bay 1, Washington 2. Uh, they write Tom Brady. He writes Tom Brady seems bound to be elsewhere in 2023, either via retirement or free agency. And Coach Todd Bowles may or may not be safe, meaning they could be looking at quite uh, a cleaning of the slate. Um, but with so many veteran weapons, Leonard Fournette, Mike Weapon, uh, Mike Evans, uh, Godwin, etc., uh, in that division, they may be looking at Carr as a quick fix for Washington. They write, Ron Rivera can insist they need a long-term answer quarterback all he wants, but few teams are perpetually hunting for mid-tier veterans like Washington. They'll have plenty of financial flexibility if and when they cut or trade Carson Wentz. And assuming Rivera sticks around with his staff, Carr has ties to Jack Del Rio, the second-hand man. Del Rio was the Raiders coach during Carr's 2015-2016 breakout season when the quarterback led a 12-3 start before, if you recall, breaking his leg late in the season and missing the post, uh, missing the playoffs, late in the regular season and missing the playoffs. Um, last year... They wanted Russell Wilson. We know that. The year before that, they run where they wanted Matt Stafford. They struck out on both. Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Looks like a major blessing in disguise that they didn't do what Denver did with Russell Wilson. They then, you know, turned towards Garoppolo. Garoppolo ended up having that surgery. Wentz really wasn't available. You know, Mariota and Trubisky and those kinds of guys were available. They got desperate. They ended up trading for Wentz. Um, They ended up eating his whole contract. If Wentz doesn't take this last opportunity, two-plus games here in Washington, and Washington's back in the market, which, by the way, is my prediction. They'll be back in the market. Should they want Derek Carr? Here's the thing, Tommy, that I think is really interesting about this team, which I didn't believe a year ago. The Bruce Allen were close, which was always laughed at by all of the uh, all of us last year. The Ron Rivera trying to pitch to prospective quarterbacks that were looking for new homes, how close they were. Um, Ron Rivera may have been right. I think this is as close as they've been to being a playoff team, like a legitimate, consistent playoff team, not a Super Bowl contender, but a playoff team as they've been in a long, long time. They have really good players on defense. The weakness was supposed to be the secondary and the linebacking core. Jamin Davis is better. Uh, improved and looks like he's going to be a good player. And their secondary, especially their safeties, have really stepped up. They have incredible playmakers on offense. Their wide receiving core, it will do this when the season ends. It might be top 10, top 12 in the league. They have a really good running back situation. You. I agree. I agree with all that. They've got great skill positions on offense. They have a good defense. 
and they are close to being a, a playoff team, not a championship team, like you said, but a, 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 a team that makes the playoffs, you know, more than one in, one every, every three or four years. Um, I still think that, um, what, again, you know, what, what clouds all this is a new owner. Uh, a new owner, will the new owner feel obliged to make a big splash with a big name? Or will they have the patience to draft their quarterback in the first round and let them develop? I mean, which, I, which is what I think they should do. Unless they can get Aaron Rodgers, I'm not interested in bringing anybody here. That's it. Yeah, so my, my position has been for a couple of years now, keep swinging until you land on the next Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, you know, Herbert, et cetera. Um, that's the way to ensure that for a long period of time, regardless of what's happening uh, around the rest of the team, that you've got a chance to win 10, 11 games a year and be in the mix, you know, and have a legit chance to, you know, uh, swing for a championship. Now, this year is a weird year. You know, the run first has come back. You're going to have a bunch of teams in the NFC, including a team right now that is basically the favorite to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC that's playing their third string quarterback whether or not it'll happen with Brock Purdy who knows Um, but you know I still would prefer to have Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert that would still be the way and I would keep swinging until I found one now this team is different in my mind's eye than it was this time last year. Now, I think Deron Payne and bringing him back is important um, to continue what they've started here defensively. If Chase Young, you know, plays like he can play, and there were signs in his debut last week that athletically he hasn't lost anything, that would be amazing. And now all of a sudden, maybe he's your best player on a defense that's already really good and, by the way, really young. Um, And then you've got, you know, Dotson and McLaurin and Samuel and Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. Now the veteran quarterback, if it's clearly an upgrade, and Carr would be an upgrade over what they have. I'm not a massive Carr fan, but I'm a much bigger fan of Carr than I am Carson Wentz. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's out there. Now you bring in a quarterback that would clearly be an upgrade over what you have. And maybe you're not a Super Bowl contender, but you're a contender to win 11 games for the next few years and be in the postseason with a chance. And that's a hell of a lot. Like, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine. It's like, so what if they do get in? I mean, I, 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 they should be playing Sam Howell. They need to find out what they have in Sam Howell. I, it's amazing to me how many people are like, eh, the hell with the playoffs. I mean, I don't want to be in the playoffs unless we can win the Super Bowl. What do you, well, I don't, I don't either, but this is so rare that we're in down to the final two weeks. And not only do they have a chance to get into the playoffs, but if they were to play a team like Minnesota in the first round, they would only be like a three-point underdog in that game. So I I mean when did it become only if they can win the Super Bowl am I interested in being in the playoffs? Anyway, I digress from that. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all of those people would be interesting to me in the offseason. And I think one of the reasons I feel a little bit differently than I did last year is just because I didn't view them as close last year. I think they've got a really good team around a quarterback that's top half of the league, a couple of offensive line additions. Now the problem with Derek Carr is his contract. You know, you're probably not going to be able to keep Deron Payne if you trade for Derek Carr. You know, if you... Right, and so I don't think... I mean, so again, I mean, the, the, the smart fiscal way to go, if you take in everything into account, is to get the rookie quarterback on the rookie quarterback contract. Right, but that's a one in four chance that you get the right guy there. Histor- one know. in one five. Thing, let's say yeah. One thing, uh, Derek Carr has a no trade clause. Let's point that out. Yeah, but he he left uh, the team yesterday. He, he's. I know. I mean, which uh, you know, I, I, we don't know the circumstances. I mean, 
personally, I think it, it's always better if you stick it out, you know, even if you've been demoted. And he's been such a great team guy. But I'm sure there are circumstances there. And I did read that the team was fine with his position and he didn't want to be a distraction. Um, the rest of the year. So obviously he's going to be okay with being traded, but to your point, a no trade clause means he can dictate where he goes. Yeah. And that, what's interesting, I've read speculation that Tom Brady would wind up going to the, to the Raiders right. because of his past relationship with Josh McDaniel. But I've also read that that relationship soured near the end. Uh, so I don't know. That would be real interesting if, if Brady wound up in, in in Vegas. What about Brady here? No interest in that, right? Well, yes, there would be interest from me in that. Definitely. I mean, but okay. he's not going to do that until he knows who the new owner is. I mean, he, he would never come here if Snyder were still the owner, obviously. You know, nor would Aaron Rodgers or nor would any of the top okay. quarterbacks. Do you think it's possible to have a new owner in place by by uh, by the draft? Yeah, I think it. I mean, I think it could happen by the league meetings in March. Don't yeah. you? I, yes, I do. Yeah, I absolutely do. Isn't that amazing that we're talking about that? It really is. I tell you, we talked about this before. Like you mentioned, these these fans who are saying, "Well, if, if we don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl, I don't really want to be, and I don't really care that much about the playoffs." There is such a warp sense of what's real and what's worthy in terms of accomplishments. Uh, if you if you have any connection with this football team, that you really can't think straight anymore. It's almost hard to think straight and think clearly because you're so clouded by the, the two decades of, of 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 poison that you've swallowed. That you really can't, you really can't consume information anymore, in 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 a knowledgeable fashion. It's ridiculous to think that. Well, Super Bowl or bust, I don't particularly care, you know. But but it, it's all over the place. It's 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 and, and for for the media, at least for this person in the media, it's going to require a real one hundred eighty degree turnaround. If a new owner takes over, about covering, about writing about this organization, I'm not saying I can't do it, but it's going to require a conscious effort, and I think for the fan base it will too. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what you said. I think I know what you said, um, but at the very end, you just reminded me that you know people like you are going to have to make a a, a, a big time shift. Because yes. the easy answer to everything was Dan Snyder, because it was yes. tr- because it was true. Yes. Um, and now yeah, you're gonna. I haven't covered this organization like a legitimate sports franchise since Mike Shanahan era. Yeah, but we we've done this thing where we've suspended. You know, we've sp- done the suspend reality thing for many years. Yeah, but that's just that's just for. That's like that's like playing a part in a in a TV show. That's like reading our lines, you know. It is, when, when, when the cameras go off, we'd say, "Jesus Christ, do I sound like an idiot?" You know. <laughs> well, I have said, you know, subtly and directly over the years. I think we, I think Snyder's also been responsible for the dumbing down of this fan base. I mean, yes. I, there was a time when. I considered this fan base to be as sharp when it came to football as any. Um, and it was. And, you know, what you've seen is you've seen the erosion of, you know, call it 60 to 70% of those people that used to say they were diehard fans. And I think a lot of the people that uh, were, you know, were cast off and and part of the erosion were some of those that were smart enough to say, I don't want to have any part of this group with yes. this person owning the team anymore. Um, and I, what would be great is with new ownership. And I think, look, I've got, I've got a list um, and I'm holding on to that list in case somebody <laughs> decides to reach out to me and say, will you help me in the of transition? You've got a list. Um, but uh, th- that, that list includes immediately, immediately 
pulling all of the branding that debuted on two two twenty two. You, you have, I would agree with that. You've got to pull all of that, and you've got to come up with something. And my recommendation would be to do what I hoped would happen even before that, and that is they just stick with Washington as the brand. Redskins not coming back. I, I recognize that. Um, that's you know that 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 horse left the barn in July of 2020 when Fred Smith said uh, you're no longer getting our money, and PepsiCo said the same thing, and others did as well. Um, but I just think that you know. You know, it's got to be old uniforms, you know, the uniforms, I shouldn't say old, their uniforms back, Washington being the brand, having nicknames for the team like a lot of uh, a lot of soccer clubs do internationally. And the Skins could be one of those nicknames. The Hogs could be one of those nicknames that people use, that people use in writing about the team. But Washington is the brand. But there are many other things. I mean, they've got to end up with a stadium in D.C. I mean, a lot of these things are obvious. But... Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I think I said yesterday, or maybe it was with you on Tuesday, I get a lot of stop talking about the ownership situation and focus on a team that's got a chance to make the playoffs. But I get more of why are you even spending time, you know, worrying about a team with an average coach, with no quarterback, that isn't going to do anything when they get there anyway, when the only story that matters in town, and it's the most important sports story that we've had in town since the two championships, the Caps and, and the Nats winning the World Series, Caps winning the Stanley Cup, is that Dan Snyder is selling the team. And now there's a chance to have professional football back in the nation's capital again. And, of course, that's the number one story. Well, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's been my contention, even when writing game stories on Sunday. Right. Is that it's, it, it's hard to ignore, you know, the, the elephant that's been in the room for 20 years. Uh, I mean, that, that's obviously the big Dan Snyder and now Dan Snyder's exit. It's, it's, it's the big story, you know, and, and, and to, to think that you can separate it is, is naive. But you know what we've been able to do on this podcast for several years? What? Both. We can talk football, we can well, suspend reality, and we can talk about the ownership too. And the truth is that basically... Because that's, why, that's, because, that's because we're Newman and Redford, buddy. <laughs> the, okay? the truth is we can do that, that much more... We're that the, talented. Much more of the conversation's been about football than the owner. I mean, it's just that when we do go owner, um, it's usually animated. All right, uh, let's finish up with your prediction for Sunday. Uh, my prediction is the Browns win 24-15. to uh, Taylor Heineke finishes the game at quarterback. If that happens... I will bow to you on Tuesday uh, as you are overlooking <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico from wherever you are, are, are sitting and smoking a cigar. All right, just a couple things, and we'll wrap it up, Tommy. Um, number one, congrats to the Wizards for another good win. They beat Phoenix. I know Devin Booker wasn't playing, and Bradley Beal wasn't playing for them, but since we crushed them about a week and a half ago, they've won four out of their last five. Rui Hachimura had 30 last night. DeLon Wright, I watched the game, was outstanding last night for them. I don't know where this is headed, um, but they've got good players and they can score, uh, and it helps when you're playing teams without their best player. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But they did stop the 76ers eight-game winning streak two nights ago, even though they gave up 48 to Embiid. So they're playing better. The Caps are playing better. We haven't talked a lot about either one of those two teams because we usually don't on the podcast, many people point out. Right. But um, both teams are playing much better than they have been recently. The Caps have had a longer sustained success this season than the Wizards yeah, have. they've won 10 of 11. The Wizards, yeah. who, who hopefully, if they continue on this pace, they'll get to like a 42-40 and 40 season. And God knows, let's celebrate that. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to do one more thing on the show. Did you follow the Scott Joe Buck thing from Scott Sports Center uh, the other night? I've, I've read about it online that Joe Buck was upset that he felt like he was being ignored by Scott in their interviews with, with him and Aikman. 
Yes. So let me just clear up for all of you that have reached out to me, including lots of people via text that I know. What is this between Scott and Joe Buck? Uh, If you didn't hear the exchange, you can find it anywhere on the Internet. Okay, it went viral. Um, Scott and Joe Buck, uh, Scott does this hit on SportsCenter following Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck every single week. You know, it's a segue from the end of Monday Night Football into Scott's SportsCenter show. Um, There was a lot of thought that it was awkward, that it was confrontational, that they were pissed at each other, that Joe Buck was really upset that he only got asked one question by Scott and Troy Aikman got asked more. Let me assure all of you that have asked that there is nothing there. Scott and Joe Buck are friends. They have been doing this sarcastic back and forth with each other all year long. Tommy, even my wife sent me this thing. What happened? Because she doesn't know who Joe Buck is. Um, and so I just said, it's nothing. I hadn't even talked to Scott yet. And I talked to Scott last night. He's like, this is ridiculous. He's like, Joe and I are friends. We've been doing this sarcastic bit all year long. And he said to me, he said, do you really think Joe Buck, the accomplished broadcaster that he is, would actually be upset that I only asked him one question in a sports center hit? He's like, come on. And I, and I told him, I said, I knew that watching it. But people who don't know you or haven't watched the, the segment, if they don't have the context of it, could have you know, certainly seen or felt some awkwardness. And he goes, I guess. But just so that all of you know, there is absolutely nothing between Joe Buck and Scott other than a good friendship and a great back and forth uh, with sarcasm, lots of it in the hit that they've done all year long. So I hope that addresses well, it. Uh, now we can finish the new year now that we got that business. Thank God. We can finish 2022. Happy New Year to you and everybody. Um, we'll talk on Tuesday. Have a good tri- uh, trip down, safe trip down. I'll be back tomorrow with a preview of not only the game against Cleveland, uh, but the rest of the NFL weekend. Lots of smell test picks. None for tonight. Um, all right, buddy. Champ. Senator. Have a good trip. All right, Paul, Happy New have Year. Have a good New Year.